0: Thanks again for sitting down with me today on the Success Story Podcast. I have Lindsay Chepkema, who is the founder and CEO of Casted, one of the most disruptive enterprise B2B podcasting platforms. That's why I'm so excited to sit with her, chat with her, unpack what Casted does for enterprise for B2B podcasts. But it's this conversation is definitely not just about B2B podcasts. We go into the concept of podcasting, how to create podcasts, who should create a podcast, how you should start, how you should grow your podcast. Everything you've ever wanted to know about podcasting, we cover in this chat. We also have two incredible uh, sponsors for today's episode we have gusto which is an incredible payroll solution for entrepreneurs CEOs business owners and then we have mint mobile which is again in terms of telco companies cell phone companies they are really really leading the way and building their business model in a very very uh, a very beneficial way for the consumer very disruptive way for the industry um, and they both gusto and mint mobile, have incredible offers uh, so you're definitely going to want to stick around if one you're a business owner that's trying to scale a business and you want less headache or two you want a much better much cheaper and probably uh, higher quality cell phone plan so stick around till around halfway in the show you're going to get two incredible offers exclusive for listeners of the success story podcast all right let's get into this podcasting master uh, master class excuse me with Lindsay Jeff Chep- Thanks again for joining me. Today I am sitting down with Lindsay Chefkema, who is the CEO and co founder of Casted. Um, Now, I'm going to let Lindsay speak about what Casted is and and what problem it's solving, but Lindsay has uh, an incredibly impressive background. Um, She has over 15 years of marketing experience of marketing leadership experience. Um, I was looking on her LinkedIn and it was like director of marketing, director of marketing, director of marketing, owned your own agency for a bit. And then now this is like, I'm assuming your first SaaS, your first company that's a product driven company versus just like a service driven company. Um, so let's let's jump right into it. What are you solving with Casted? Obviously a little bit, uh, you know, something that's important for me to figure out as well. I'm, I'm going to do a podcast, but I'm also gonna try and get some advice and some insight out of you, how to build a podcast and, and you know how I can sort of improve my show as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you for joining me. I really, really appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, we oh my gosh, it's so fun to be here. Um, yeah, so thanks for that intro, it's very kind of you. Um, you're right. I've, I've 15 years in um, in enterprise B two B marketing. So I've been on the agency side. I've been on the corporate side, where yes, I've, I've I have marketed and I've been part of marketing teams or marketing leader of companies that sold products. Um, and I've also been uh, at agencies that sell services, um, kind of marketing everything in between. Um, and prior to starting Casted and jumping into CEO and founder seat, uh, I was leading. Um, content and brand for a global enterprise SAS. Um, and as I was brought in to do that, I said, okay, we're this, this company that needs to grow like any other and, and establish a, a brand that people really know and love and trust. Um, the best way to do that is to make it more human. And so, what um what I did there and built a team there to do was to to do just that to to make this this brand this global brand more human and said okay what better place to start than with what you and I are doing right now just have having conversations with people who know a lot about that space people that our audience was going to be really excited to hear from so had great conversations turned that into content started to realize hey we're having all these great conversations why don't we turn those into podcasts or, or videos which we did and then we turned that into other contents, we like we use those conversations to turn into blog content, social media content, get in their hands of our sales team. Um, and it was working really well, except we were like, wow, this is really manual and really cumbersome. I can't believe that there isn't a platform to help us do this and to, to use conversations really as the center of our like integrated sales and marketing strategy. Um, so fast forward, that's, that's what I set out to do. I, I left that, that role, left my role as a, as a marketing leader, uh, kind of everything I've been doing over the last 15 years and set out to serve people like me um, by starting Casted and, and set out to be the change I wanted to see. And so that was that was two years ago and here we are. We're what um, I like to call, you know, Casted really is the first amplified marketing platform, taking conversations in with uh, thought leaders and helping marketing teams amplify those conversations, uh, ring them out across other marketing channels.
0: So there's a few, that's a, a good story. I I understand the progression now. Um, I also want to just take it back and understand where your head was at when you decided to even attempt bringing a podcast into the B2B space, because now it seems a little bit more commonplace, but you still see people that say, well, how do we measure it? Is it, uh, you know, is it worth the time, the hours invested? Um, where where were you thinking or, or why did you think to do this? Why did you think that that Authenticity was important in B2B marketing and podcasting was the way to capture that.
1: Well, authenticity has always been, you know, the way forward, the the companies that are more authentic um, with their brands are the ones that win the loyal audiences, right? It's always been that way. Tim Kopp, a uh, legendary CMO, who's now CEO of, of Terminus, said, I think, he, I think he was the first one I heard say it anyway, you know, B2B, B2C, it's all H2H, it's all, H, it's all human to human, right? And so before podcasts and before video content was being used the way that it is now, still, I mean, even in written content and the way that we were doing our websites, the way that, that brands were embracing social media, those that were more authentic and less robotic win right? Those are the ones that we like to consume the content from. And so specifically, how did I, how did podcasts come into play for me and into my strategies? I was a consumer of, of podcast content. I um, I became the, the, the proud owner of a commute um, back in, I think, 2014, 2015, um, a longer commute than I had had in a while where I was driving. And I just kind of woke up to the idea of podcasts. Like instead of just listening to the radio, I'm gonna to listen to some podcasts. And um, for me, I really enjoyed, you know, kind of the business podcast, the one's about marketing and leadership and got a lot out of those. And I found that I would have this 45 minute commute I would park my car, I would walk into the office and then I would take some notes down and I would start to apply those things that I had just learned. I would be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this with my team today or here's this cool idea that I'm gonna talk to my head of demand, Jen, about, um, see if we can work that into the strategy. And so being somebody who had really, really benefited from, from podcasts um, for a while, I was like, you know, this is something that we should do. Our audience would really benefit from this. And like I said, we had been having conversations already. We were just recording them on our phones or you know, just taking notes with internal and external thought leaders. It was like, this, just, this is a no brainer. Why don't we capture these conversations in a slightly more sophisticated way and share them directly with our audience and then also see how else we can use them.
0: And, and a follow up to that, um, because I actually think this is, as I researched casted, I think this is actually the problem you're solving for, but what would you say to marketing leaders who are saying, well, how do we measure it? How do we, Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we, you know, show the impact on revenue on, on, you know, on our funnel, on our leads? So what's your, what's your point to that?
1: Been there, um, yeah. <laughs> so in in doing that, uh, once we got rolling with our, our podcast, and we were doing some video work too, and I was lucky enough that our CEO, um, so I rolled up to the CMO, but even our, our CEO would come and talk to me like, "This is so great! I love that you're doing this." He was a big fan, and he would listen every week. Um, so I had his buy-in as a fan, but then as the CEO, he was like, but "What's it doing for the business?" Like, I can't, you know, anticipating that I was going to say, "Well, it drove this lead and it brought in this customer," and I was like. I don't know <laughs> brand awareness, and hey, we achieved ten thousand downloads. And he's like, "Yeah, but what does that mean?" I was like, "I don't know." And so that was really frustrating to me. So as we set out to build Casted, that's something that's been really important from day one, and that we've been working on all along, saying, "Okay, um, really, all of the tools, you know, tools and point solutions and little one-off things here and there that exist around podcasting today are made for." podcasters, somebody who is creating a show to build an audience that they can quantify and monetize by selling ads. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not why a B2B and enterprise marketing team would do a show. They, you know, Salesforce, I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're a customer of ours, but I'm, I'm assuming that they're not doing a podcast to make more money. That's, that's not a need that they have. They need to, they, they want to engage their audience and be seen as the thought leaders in the space and to generate raving fans and build out nice funnels right so you can't measure that with number of downloads that just the two don't they don't line up Mm -hmm. so really what you need to be looking at is engagement just like you do with the rest of your content how are people consuming your podcast and audio content and all related content that comes out of that how are they consuming it how are they engaging with it is your audience growing over time? Are people coming back? What are people doing after they listen? What parts of the conversations that you're sharing are they listening to? Are they going on and engaging with some of your additional content? Are they um, requesting a demo down the line? Probably not as a direct result of listening to that one that one um, episode, but like are they starting to build a relationship? And so, as we were building Casted, we said, how, how can we start to track that? How can we show the marketer what breadcrumbs are being dropped by people in their audience as they start to raise their hand? How can we, how can we bridge the gap between sales and marketing and something that, that you know a lot about? How can we not create content? How can we help marketers go beyond creating content for content's sake or be viewed as, being, as creating content for content's sake to saying, no, the content that we're creating is not only building our audience and, and generating engagement, but is also impacting revenue influencing pipeline. Hey, salespeople, when you use this content, when you use this clip, it will help your conversation in this way. And so Mm -hmm. um, that's the information that we try to pass back in the platform. And then by integrating with CRM, we also like append the information that's already there that salespeople are are adding to those customer um, contacts and uh, the timelines and the information you have about your contacts by saying, hey, these people are also engaging with the content in this way. Might be a good opportunity to reach out or might be a good opportunity to see how that's impacting those relationships over time
0: and that's that's what casted is doing and i don't you know <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think that anything like this focused on b2b podcasting exists
1: yeah before at casted. Least, yeah at least not before we got started um that's that's why we created it is that i i yeah. looked <laughs> i tried to find it and then said okay i guess we're gonna have to go build it so
0: that's, that's, that's an entrepreneurial lesson in and of itself, um, right? Like you're solving that need that you found in your own, in your own industry, in your own life. Yeah. Okay, so for businesses who say, okay, it makes sense to have a podcast if I have the bandwidth to do it, um, what businesses would you say should start down this path? Is there a certain revenue threshold that you should be probably, you know, we're 10 million ARR or, or annual current revenue? Like, are we 15 million? Or is it something you just start right away as a founder CEO?
1: Yeah, and I'm going to zoom out from that a little bit um, to answer your question. So the short answer is I think everybody should be doing it Um, because if you are doing, quote unquote, doing content, right, which Mm -hmm. most companies are. There's a very, very small, small number of companies that might not really be focused on content for one reason or another, especially speaking of B2B. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are if you are at all. Concerned about or, or prioritizing thought leadership and content marketing at all, having a podcast, having a show, having audio and video content is a really, really great place to start. And yes, there are, there are some companies that that can and do, or could or should, do really, really high end, high production, high cost, um, large bandwidth um, content. And then there's others that are that are finding scrappier ways to do it. and what matters most is that you're putting your audience first, right? And that you're you're saying, how can we really serve them? And again, that starts with a conversation with somebody that they're gonna wanna hear from um, that has insights and expertise and perspectives that are gonna be interesting to the audience. So when you know your audience, go find people that are gonna be great um, resources to them and great speakers to them and talk to them, have a good conversation and then and share it. And so what I would also say is that if you're, Thinking about, hey, should we do a podcast as its own standalone thing? You're kind of thinking about it the wrong way. And a lot of people are, and I think that's the way that a lot of people are are seeing it today. The ones that are really succeeding though, and what I really advocate for is looking at it, not as just doing a podcast over here on the side, but having conversations, putting those at the very center of your entire marketing strategy and saying, okay, I'm gonna go have some conversations. I'm gonna create some audio and or video content around that. And then from there, I'm going to pull all the other stuff that I'm that I'm already doing. I'm going to pull blog posts out of that. I'm going to take some of those unique insights from people that I've talked to, and turn those insights into a really engaging blog post and some really cool kind of um, interesting posts for social media. I'm going to get it into the hands of my sales team so that they can use the quips and clips and insights and and um, and fun anecdotes and, and metrics that that are shared on my on my show so that they can have better conversations and move things along in their process faster. So when you look at it, not as one more thing to do, but like pulling something into the center and making everything much um, more efficient, it really works for even, you know, any, any team that's, that's already doing content to kind of retool their approach.
0: And I'll ask you something else, because you probably come up with this, or you probably had to deal with this um, with working with different founders as well as larger organizations. Does it make more sense for the podcast to be positioned as something from an executive or a founder or from the brand
1: Mm. gosh i think really it depends you know and i think depends then there's also other ones too there's there's i know it's
0: not it's not an easy answer because but i just you know i see like i see both i see both mm -hmm. sides and i'm just Mm -hmm. not sure which one works better for a b2b context
1: yeah i mean i think i i think something that comes that's very clear that it's from the brand right um now you can leverage the personal brand of the the host or the, the individuals that the face or the voice of the show yeah. but when it's really clear that this is the it's like your blog right i mean yeah. does it make more sense to have a blog that's you know scott's blog or that that really represents the brand i mean if, if you want it to come back to the brand you want people to identify with the company and the product services that you provide um that just makes sense to make sure that it's closely related and it's not always necessarily about an executive like sometimes and we've seen we've seen this absolutely that it's a marketing manager or it's a engineer or it's a salesperson. one of our companies um uh, lev their podcast started when two sales two account executives said hey we think this would be really helpful to help with our sales processes because we work with you can we can we work together on this and um it's it worked out really well yeah. for
0: them. So yeah, no, I've, I've seen I've seen both, and that's I didn't know that example, but I've seen some brands do it. But then I see I look at, for example, the opposite side where you you have all these brands, but then you have like a Neil Patel mm-hmm. type podcast where it's he he drives leads for his own business, but it's like mostly mostly him. But I guess you're right; it, it does it does depend on on you know a lot of circumstances. Um, okay, you're starting a B two B podcast. Um, what would be your checklist of You mentioned this a few times, like you want to interview people that are having relevant discussions that could be tailored towards your target audience, but just like some things to think about when you're launching a podcast from somebody who has done probably (laughs) quite a few of them and then a follow-up i don't like doing two questions at once but i'll I'll let you know where i want to go so i want people to listen to this i want them to understand how to start a podcast if they haven't started it yet but then i also want people who have a podcast where it's not successful in a b2b space or even otherwise um how they can grow a podcast after they've made sure that they have like those uh those benchmarks or those you know those core components down Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want to pause for a second and thank the sponsor of today's show, Mint Mobile. Now, if you've ever signed up for a cell phone, which I'm pretty sure 100% of the people listening to this have, you know there's always gotchas in the contract. You know there's always extra fees or there's just a lot of fees and you're paying through the nose. When Mint reached out to me, I was skeptical at first because uh, I'm originally from Canada. Uh, Now uh, I'm in the States, but I know in Canada we have the worst telco rates in the world. Yeah, you're paying like a $100 plus for a cell phone in the States. It's expensive. It's not as bad as Canada, but it's pretty damn expensive. So another telco. Looked into it a little bit more. Uh, Mint is by far the cheapest telco service, most inexpensive telco service I've ever seen in my life, bar none. Uh, they, their plans start at roughly $15 a month and they, they ship me a SIM card to say like, Scott, if you're going to talk about this, you better be damn sure that the quality is good because for 15 bucks, people are going to be a little bit hesitant, you know, is the service good? do I get, you know, data everywhere to get, you know, a, a good call quality? Can I Google whatever I want? Can I stream if I want to? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, so you are getting as good, if not better than any mainstream brand name telco provider. Um, there are no dead spots. I'm using, I'm using the service myself now. And it's incredible. Uh, call quality is crystal clear. I get, I get incredibly fast data speeds. So, you know, 5G data speeds everywhere I go. I've never had an outage or a dead zone or anything like that. Um, how do they keep the cost low? It's the way they've built their business. They've built their business with no storefronts, no brick and mortar. So every everything that you do with Mint Mobile is online. It's an incredible service. So if you're looking into them, all plans include unlimited text, talk and high speed data. Again, competing, if not better than any of the major providers that you're currently using. They have a 100% money back guarantee within seven days. You can bring your own phone, use your own phone. And like i said it's starting at 15 bucks a month so if you want to take advantage of a special offer they put together for listeners of the success story podcast go to mintmobile.com success story go to mintmobile.com success story you will cut your wireless bill to 15 a month without sacrificing anything all right let's get back to the interview for sure
1: I think it's really easy and this is this is in any strategy this is in any marketing campaign this is in any content it's it's easy to overlook some of the fundamentals right so I think whether you're starting out or you're taking you're kind of zooming out from a show you already have or looking at another show remember to check every once in a while who are you doing it for who is your audience is it all marketers in the whole entire world that seems like a pretty large audience but okay maybe or is it is it some subset is it you know content marketers at high growth b2b SaaS companies like that's very different than all marketers in the entire planet so be really re, re, make sure it's really front of mind like who you're doing it for because that and then why you're doing it, right? So are you generating leads? Are you generating brand awareness? Are you trying to raise the profile of one of your executives in your company for one reason or another? Are you trying to raise funds? Um, knowing who it's for and why you're doing it, that that paves the path for everything else. That gets into who are you gonna have on the show? It's not hard, typically, to find people who wanna be on your show, right? Anyone, I mean, anyone could start a podcast today and get 15 guests tomorrow. Now. Would they be the right guests for your audience? Probably not. They'd be all over the place. You have an author, you'd have a you know small business owner, you'd have you know an investor in your company, you'd have all kinds of people. It gets a little bit harder, more challenging when you know really who it's for and why you're doing it to really narrow in. Okay, then therefore, who are we going to have on the show? What are we going to talk about? Um, then you get into show format. So, is the show format for um, designed to appeal to? who it's for, you know? Um, executives, just stereotypically speaking, and, and this is where you wanna do some some check-ins and see how things are going, but executives probably have less time to listen to a really long show, so you might wanna keep it shorter and sweeter, whereas somebody who's a developer, perhaps, I'm being very stereotypical, but like maybe the type of show that you're doing is for someone who's gonna be listening while they're working, and therefore wants to go deeper and listen longer, right? So there is no one-size-fits-all format, there is no you know, one-size-fits-all approach, You really, really need to get in and understand who you're doing the show for, why you're doing it, and therefore tailor the rest of it around it.
0: No, that makes sense. Um, Good advice. Now, if you're trying to grow a show, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, you want raving fans, but I'm assuming a lot of businesses, when they launch a show, they're just pushing it out against their existing customer, you know, their customer Mm -hmm. base. Um, How do you purposefully grow a show so that it can add? more customers and not just give the existing customers more content
1: sure so again it all goes into why you're doing it right so that's assuming yeah. that you want to you, you're trying to grow your audience so that's where it's really important to start with the conversation and ring it out the whole amplified marketing approach that i'm talking about so if you if, if you and i are just to have this conversation you're turned into a show and just put it on a shelf and then that's it mm-hmm. some people would see it some people would would listen to it and, and tune in but If you pull clips from that and you use that on social media, then you have your and they truly are rich. It's not just like, hey, listen to our show, but like you're you're pulling out clips that are really engaging and you're you're using audiograms, so you're appealing to like the visual senses of people as they're scrolling through social media. Then you're going to attract more from your social network and those people's social networks and those people's social networks to come in and listen to your content. And then when they're there, um, give them more to dig into, right? So give them ways to listen and consume it without having to sit through the whole thing give them clips to listen to give them ways to share also um, you know leverage your blog and as you're publishing your blog if you have clips embedded in the blog um, then people are going to come from that and as you're sharing your blog then you're also inadvertently sharing your your podcast so you can see how this all connects and it all works together where when you share one thing with one network or one audience kind of opens up an entire sphere of more. Um, also, as you bring people onto your show, if you're bringing people that really are going to be valuable, they can be internal, they can be external. When we talk about experts, like go talk to an expert. That doesn't have to be somebody who wrote a best-selling book. You know, it could be your an engineer in you know, on your team. It can be an intern, depending on what your who your audience is and why you're doing the show. Um, somebody who could be interesting to your audience could be could be anyone. And when you bring them in and you make it really, really easy for them to share the show and, and to share clips of the show and just make it super easy, um, then you're going to obviously t- uh, tap into their network as well. So no, just a couple easy ways. Yeah, it's just,
0: it's about repurposing, making it like you you're just, you know, everything you said, um, I don't want to reiterate, but yeah, you nailed it. Like, you just have to make sure, you know, your audience, and this has sort of been like a theme throughout the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I guess it's funny because as a marketer, it seems like duh, like, like, how could you put something out into the world and, and not consider that? Yeah. But I guess if this is a new medium and you're just trying to hop on board and you don't quite understand the power of what this can actually do for your brand, you're just putting things out into the world. And you're just hoping it sticks and you're not thinking of the things that you do for the ninety nine percent of the other marketing activities in your organization, It's just like that constant reminder that there's ways to tailor this the same way that you would with everything else you're doing with, you know, your social posts, with your blog post, like (laughs) the keywords you're targeting, like if it's not targeted, why are you doing it? And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that people actually fall into quite often. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you
1: know, it's um... One thing that i talk a lot about is serving your audiences over algorithms not i mean Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean instead of algorithms it just means like remember again who is it for why are you doing how can you serve your audience but then how can you leverage what you're doing to make sure that it's optimized so the the right people can find it so Mm -hmm. for example one of the things that we do in casted is that everything that's uploaded into the platform whether it's a podcast Or video content, you know, webinar, or you know, something from a virtual event that can all be uploaded into Casted. It's all transcribed, and then we make a show page for it. And on that show page, that transcription, which is done by humans, it's accurate, goes live, and that helps with SEO, right? That helps it be findable um, by search engines, and so it's it's. Prioritizing humans and your audience first, but then also saying, okay, now, now that we've done, we've created this content that truly is aiming to serve a human over a robot, how can we make sure that the robots can actually also find it to serve it up to the humans? And so going back into that mindset and finding the platforms like Casted that help teams make that possible um, are going to open up your audience because they're going to make that great content that you're creating much more.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that also, um, as you're speaking through some of the features and I actually, I wouldn't mind, um, I don't like making these podcasts like too product focused, but I, I I do believe that, uh, some of the stuff that casted does is also best practices for what you should do with your podcast. Like one you just mentioned Mm -hmm. there. So can you, can you quickly run through some of the items that casted does and maybe Mm -hmm. just help people understand, does this make sense for a personal podcast versus a b2b podcast or is there an you know is there a way to implement it for either or sure Hey, Scott here. We're just going to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Gusto. This is a one-stop shop, one place you can go to take care of all the payroll issues, all the payroll stresses that you have to deal with as a business owner. Look, 2020 has been a rough year. We can all agree on that. And 2021 is pretty rough too. But if there's one thing that small business owners don't need is more headache. One thing that you've learned in the past year is that you have to focus on your business because Gusto isn't just built with businesses in mind, it's built with the people who run businesses in mind. Their payroll system is the easiest to use and I've used a lot over my career. Gusto automatically calculates paychecks, it files all of your payroll taxes, it also helps with time tracking, health insurance, and a ton of other HR nightmares that you just don't want to deal with. It also gives you access to HR experts who can help you. It's super easy to get started and set up. The switching panes are nil. Why? Because they will move over all of your data for you. 94% of customers who switch to Gusto recommend Gusto as the best payroll solution they've ever used. And this is the offer you're waiting for. Anybody who's listening right now on the success story podcast, you get three months free. This means you can try it without any stress. Go to gusto.com slash Scott. That's gusto.com slash Scott. And that will give you three months free to try it out for yourself. Play around with it. See if it works for your business. I'm almost positive it will. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: Yes, I think, um, like, so off the bat, we're we're designed for, and the whole company is kind of built for, you know, to serve um, enterprise marketing teams, right? So we're like mid market enterprise, um, typically B2B companies that have a content strategy that leverages audio and, or at least wants to leverage audio and video content as a main part of their content strategy. So that's what CAS is made for. However, and to answer your question, kind of going through some of these features, the reason that we exist and, and what we're prioritizing as we build out the product are things that, um even if we're not the right fit for you or something that you might want to consider trying to pull together so things that are important as you um as you harness audio and video content as a key part of your strategy so you need something that's going to uh host and syndicate so not only take your content and give it a place to live so we give you um pages like listening pages for your whole show and for all of your episodes um but then also syndicate it so we send off to apple spotify google we're working on an integration with youtube since we added video um so there you go you start with you know once you have your show where is it going to live and how are we going to give out to other people so they can experience it um obviously very important whether you're with cast or anybody else um then from there um what's your what is your audience's experience going to be like as they consume this content um how is that page where they're listening going to give them an experience for your brand and so one thing that again whether casted is right for you or not one thing that i think is really important that people often overlook and just kind of jump to a conclusion is they're like oh well we're gonna we're really gonna push people to the apple page or we're really gonna push people to spotify that's great and that they really do help amplify your voice but it's a missed opportunity to bring people to your own page um to bring people back to your own real estate I mean, think again about blogs, right? We we all have blogs and they're really effective. You wouldn't publish all of your content on a medium. Medium's great, helps you find other people, helps helps you grow your audience, but you're missing an opportunity to bring people back to your site so that they can, like what we talked about earlier in our conversation, they can engage with you and they can engage not just in that piece of content, but in your other content and your brand as a whole, and maybe request a demo, or if you're a B2C company, add something to their cart, Um, sign up for your newsletter. And that happens if they're, on your site it doesn't happen if they're on apple if they're on apple they might subscribe but that's a thing that happens in apple when they could be building that relationship with you so um so that's something that we we do in casted that we try to really uh educate our customers around and also make it really easy for them to do and that you know again even if Casted's not right for you really think about that and how you are building your audience how you're bringing people back to your home um, and give and really owning their experience when they're there and then um, then we have all kinds of fun things, uh, like I mentioned, the transcripts, um, clipping, sharing, audiograms, videograms, things like that. So, again, whether cast is right for you or not, the frame of mind. we' should be doing it. Yeah, the frame <laughs> of mind there is like, don't just create a show. What else can you do with it? How can you pull it apart? And whatever your process looks like, whether you're by yourself or you have a huge team, or production, whatever it is. How are you pulling that apart and using that content in other ways? How are you amplifying it across other channels? And then lastly, measurement, you know, in Casted, we we kind of talked through that. Um, We're really trying to serve enterprise marketing teams with metrics that are around engagement and that really look at how it's fueling revenue and impacting the bottom line. So for you, um, regardless of who you are and what your podcast or, or your show is for, really think about how you're going to measure it and don't settle for just like number of downloads. If that's not what works for you, really, really look around and, and ask the tough questions um, with whoever you're working with about how are we going to measure this in a way that matters for why we're doing it. Right.
0: Yeah, no, very good. And 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 I appreciate that you say if, you know, if CASET is for you or not, mm-hmm. because these are just, these are just really, really good best practices. Um, okay. So that we, we kind of, uh, we did as much for podcasts as probably most people want to hear about podcasts <laughs> in the show. That was a lot of really good stuff. Um, I, I wanted to ask just some more like entrepreneurial things that you've probably learned over your journey. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on about podcasts or podcasts for people that are like, yeah, you were, you were good. Like you like nailed <laughs> <Enough of laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. No, that's that is <laughs> okay.
1: good. That is
0: good. So, um, so first time, first time founder, and and you're you're killing it. So that you're you know in this you're in a small percentile of people that last and people that are doing well as a first time founder. So um, what are some lessons learned? What are what are some things that you know have worked out? Haven't worked out? How did you stay in business um, when most people go under after a year of trying to do their own thing? Yeah,
1: man. Well, thank you. Um, first and foremost, it's not just me. It's been it's been the team um, that yes, I have of course, just yeah, been. Yeah so so lucky to to be a part of and, and to lead. Um so I think that's huge. First, surround yourself with really smart people that um make you better and that are as passionate about what you're doing as you are. I think trying to do it yourself. I think there's there's a lot of you know glamorization of like being an entrepreneur and like even if it's not in so many words, like making it seem like it's all just by yourself. And some some truly are like so you're a team of one, you're by yourself, you're literally building a thing on your own. I think the sooner you get people in whatever way that means for your business. I mean, for me, it was bringing out two co-founders that have truly been partners in all of it from day one uh, and then building out a team, um, That that's it. That has been it. it, it the success has been in people. Um, and the sooner you can do that, the better and just making sure that, it's, that it's, you're doing it quickly but really carefully because it's hard um it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard it's like par- not unlike parenting it is like the hardest thing and the best thing that uh i've ever done um so that and then i think from for me personally just being obsessed with learning and being really really comfortable with being uncomfortable um i spent 15 years in marketing you know progressively you know this step and then the next step in the ladder and into the, the next job and kind of doing the career progression that made sense. And then I made this jump. And um, in many ways, using all the experience that I've had all, throughout my career, but also doing something that I've never done before. And so you have to get really comfortable with asking questions that you feel like you should know the answer to and going to people that know more than you do and ask, you know, be like, hey, teach me. I need to learn about this thing that becomes so second nature to you that is new to me. So I think, yeah, being an entrepreneur, being first time founder, first time CEO is just being really, really comfortable with being uncomfortable, and being kind of obsessed with learning, and just not assuming that you have all the answers, but then also being willing to trust your gut when you just know it's time to do something else.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's good advice. Um, being being comfortable, being uncomfortable, asking a ton of questions. Uh, are these? I'm just curious. This is you know, is are these things that you just learned? Or did you already have some sort of mindset going in that it was okay to ask mm-hmm. for help? It mm-hmm. was okay to find other people, bring them in quickly? Because that's something that, that in of itself is not like something that people just feel comfortable
1: yeah.
0: understanding if that's how they're gonna have to succeed. Yeah, It's almost like an ego thing mixed with an, an awareness thing. So where did that come from for you? It's
1: a good question. I think, um... Just being in such a new role, I mean, it. it I, I I would imagine I haven't really thought about this before, but I would imagine I I and anybody else in this position kind of has a choice early on where it's like, okay, here's a thing I don't know how to do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. am I gonna fake it and and you know cover up now and look struggle. like yeah and struggle mm-hmm. and maybe maybe even come out successful, but the really hard way by like going and trying to learn it on my own and. Or am I just gonna put put myself out there and be like, I've never done this before, what do I do, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that the times, I was actually just talking to somebody else about this, the times that I rose my hand and went either to my board or an investor or one of my co-founders or anyone um, and just said, I don't know how to do this. What do I do? Uh, I had never raised capital before. We just raised our series A, it was our second round. When I went to our seed round. Congratulations, Um, There, There were, there were some really basic questions about like pitching and like, what should a pitch step look like? That I could have, and a couple of times I did, I and mean, I don't remember ex- specific examples, but there were some times I spun my wheels because I was like, I should know how to do this. Like I just, I do, some part of my brain knows how to do this thing. I'm just gonna push through and do it. And you know what you find is that a day goes by, a week goes by, it's not done. You have a tiny percentage done of whatever it is you need to do, you don't feel good about it. And then finally, the minute you raise your hand, and say, I need some help. Hey, can somebody, can you guys join me in on this project? Or can we sit and talk about this? Or here's this really seemingly dumb question that I have about this, can we talk about it? Boom, you're like, by the end of that conversation, it's whatever it is you're working on is half done, you have a vision for the rest of it, and you crank it out. And it's just, when you get through that, and I think you start to have, everything is data, right? Everything is data. When you start to have some data of like, hey, when I don't ask questions and I try to do things on my own, equals unsuccessful. <laughs> when I go ask questions, yeah. the people around me, you know, first of all, more successful, and the people around me typically want to help. I mean, I don't think, I can't remember a time where I asked a question and somebody was like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, you should know this. I had people say, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to help. Like, I would love to, yeah, yeah let's schedule some time. Um, people want to help and people want, also people want to be a part of growing things. And you know, when you're in when you're an entrepreneur, and you're growing something people usually want in on it and people are happy to share their expertise so um yeah i think it's it's uh it's important no know.
0: that's it. that's good advice it's very good advice um and like these are not easy questions these are more personal questions but i know that i, I like asking these to first-time founders and entrepreneurs yes you had an agency before but i guess this is a venture back so yeah. it's a little bit more aggressive and it's, you know, it's a it was
1: just kind of me yeah so
0: Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of stresses and a lot of things that people don't take into consideration and actually um, feel free answering this uh, to whatever extent you want to, but I was going to ask about um, mental health, maintaining positivity. You seem like a positive person, but I know that there's been a lot of shit that you've had to go through building this company where it's not so easy to be positive all the time. Um, So what, what's some advice for first time entrepreneurs on, on how to get through that?
1: Well, I Thank you. And it, uh, man, if anything has tested, that has been you know, raising capital in the midst of a pandemic with my kids home mm, and my team yeah. remote <laughs> thats has been a yeah, lot. It's not easy. It's was, it was not easy. <laughs> it's pretty much... I, mean, I think you'd have to ask <laughs> yeah. those around me how positive I was, but, um, or, or like how, what my demeanor was, um, it definitely made me that much more aware of mental health. So I'm glad that you're bringing it up because it's not something to be taken for granted. It's not something to, you know, to assume is there for for anyone and everyone, especially. I think that this one thing that I'm thankful for this last year is that, um, it's really brought that to light. And I think that we're talking about more like we are right now. Um, to me, something that was not natural to me throughout basically my whole life until like the last couple of years, um, was connection and people. I I've just always kind of been not on purpose, but just kind of like, Oh, just, you want, you want to go do something, just go do it just on your own. And you, you don't, don't look at anybody else. Just, go do the thing. And fine, that's been fine and good, but I—I I, how much did I miss out on, right? I, looked, I just finished talking about like asking for help and how much easier things can be and how much better things can be. And um, you know, through this and over the last couple of years, finding those connections, those other people who have gone through what I've gone through or that I can connect with um, as peers and really go to to celebrate successes and to just go to when I'm really low um, that get me and that, you know, can, can call me on my bullshit and can also, you know, raise me up on, on, uh, celebrate with me when things are going well. That is something that I saw, I don't know where it came from, but it, I saw for so, for so long as a luxury and something that was frivolous, um, not intentionally, but just like, oh, you know, some people have that and some people don't, I guess I just don't. And then once I finally got those connections, it, it changed everything. And you're talking about mental health, like, having people to to go to and to talk to and to connect with changed everything and then going into this this last year of pandemic um i realized when i was completely you know subconsciously pulling away from those connections and i wasn't as good i wasn't in a good place and i was alone i kind of went into a cave and had my head down I was just working whereas when i came up out of that and would go to those connections and and um intentionally Focus on relationships, even just, just talking like a text message or like a phone conversation. It just would make all the difference. And so, I think that's that's it to me. Is how how are you intentionally connecting with people? And as a leader, how are you doing that with your team and encouraging that amongst your team? Yeah. And um, it's it's easy to overlook or assume is happening, um, but when you actually lean into it you really see what a difference it, it makes.
0: Good. I'm, I'm glad you had some advice for that because I think that that's, um, the, on the range of entrepreneurial topics, um, we do speak about scaling, growth, venture capital, bootstrapping, but like the mental health piece is something that I try and bring out from founders who have built their own thing or are managing a team and even more so in COVID mm-hmm. because it's something that's, um, not really discussed enough, to be quite honest. You either have a a leader who gets it and they have a healthy team or you have. Unfortunately, if a leader doesn't. I I can't say with 100% certainty, but I'm sure some people on their team are not doing that great and they're pretty damn depressed over the past year and a half or two years or whatnot. So, you know, the more the more it can be brought out, I think, the better.
1: It's so true. true. And it's so true to to uh, accidentally because there is a lot going on. And especially with a startup, I mean, things are moving quickly. Everybody's really busy. And I think work hard. Yeah, you work really yeah. hard. And especially now when you're not physically seeing seeing people or like noticing that somebody's not coming into the office as much or not really going out with the people yeah. as much. Like it's easy it's easy to overlook. And I think for, for Cassid, it's something that's really important to me. And it's really, really important to my co founders. And we kind of check each other, like, hey, I don't think the team's okay, or I think we should probably mention yeah. this. Um and so that's yeah, connection and, and actually caring about humans is something that's so So easy to talk about, but really important to actually follow through with. Do something about Mm it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, One last uh, entrepreneurial question, then some rapid fire. Okay. Um, uh, So first, you can spend a tiny bit of time on this one. Uh, Some advice for somebody who's looking to start their own company.
1: Okay.
0: Would you recommend it? Would you say go keep working your job? How should you do it?
1: Okay. So the the way I always like to phrase this question is the way to make the decision is if you can imagine somebody else doing it instead. So, if if you're like I don't know whether to do this, I have this lifestyle, I don't I'm afraid whatever, the big the, the the thing that I could not get away from when I was trying to make the decision was like it would kill me if I saw someone else start this company instead. And it was like I I can't, therefore I can't not do this. And so, I think we can all imagine doing a thing or not doing a thing but when you when you put it in that perspective i think that's a, an easier way to see if it's something it i like
0: that people. advice it's simple <laughs> it's very simple i like that a lot um okay so uh a few a few rapid fire questions and then i'll, I'll get some contact and info, uh, information from you okay. um okay uh one one common myth like a very common myth about entrepreneurship that you'd want to debunk
1: oh that it's all about hustle and grind um, and that it's, it's only yeah. for a certain type of person, insert whatever stereotype that is there. It's anyone can be an entrepreneur if you have passion and it does not have to mean hustle and grind.
0: Good. And I think that's also the hustle and grind is a whole other conversation. <laughs> I, why I think that's problematic, but, um, no, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, a resource has helped you along the way. Could be a person, could be a podcast, could be a book, something that you'd recommend people check out. Mm,
1: all things Brene Brown. I love her.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. the second time I've heard her name on this podcast. Oh, I and I guess I got to go. Now I've got to really listen. I've got to now I gotta really listen. Yeah. To Dare her to lead is, she has a, is a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lesson that you tell your younger self.
1: Oh, man. Um, So I have a mantra that I did not go find on my own. It found me. I don't really know how, but it just was a thing that started to be a part of my life. Just boldly be yourself. I think I spent way too much time. I know I spent way too much time trying to be this for this situation and this for this person and take this feedback and therefore I need to show up as this. And at one point that just broke. And I said, nope, I'm going to just boldly be me. And sometimes that'll be a win. Sometimes that'll be a loss. But at least I'll know that it's me. And that sounds really cliche, but when you actually can get to that point, and I wish I'd gotten there sooner, um, it's game changer.
0: I love that, and I actually think that's one of the most attractive reasons um, why people should go into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure to not be yourself yes. when you have to answer to somebody else. True, it's difficult. Very. Um, okay, and then uh, last question: What does success mean for you?
1: Oh man, um, to me, it's that I'm using um all that's been given to me to make the difference that I'm supposed to make and the way that it shows up and kind of like the, the barometer on that is the people around me. So, um, mm-hmm. whether it's my family or friends or it's company, um, am I showing up for, and I'm, am I using what I have to show up for them so that we can all collectively do what we need to do? And, uh, that kind of shows up in the success yeah. of the people around me.
0: I love that. Okay, and then most important, where do people uh go find you online, casted online, what are the socials and the website? Sure,
1: so casted is casted.us. Um you can find us on Twitter at, at @gocasted. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay with an a. Um and I'm on LinkedIn, pretty active on LinkedIn as well. You can figure out how to spell my last name. <laughs>
0: one data source for everyone. through to April 15th. NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. No one's really matching my needs.